Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. What is going on, everybody? Three and out podcast. Back at it again. If you could, if you listen on Colin's feed, subscribe to the sec- separate three and out feed. Helps the show. Subscribe three and out podcast, John Middlecoff. Type it into iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen. Also, leave a review. Greatly appreciated. Big show coming up. We're a little over a week away. But if you're listening to this on Tuesday or on Wednesday, literally a week away from free agency starting. We'll dive into that off the top. Some free agency stuff, some pro day stuff. Jeffrey Lurie, Chris Mortensen, said is dead set on Jalen Hurts being the starting quarterback. We'll talk about that. I'm just going to go through the college quarterbacks, at least the guys getting a lot of first-round buzz, and just write down the biggest thing that stands out right now in terms of a, a negative before we head into all their pro days. Trevor Lawrence obviously already had his pro day, but the other crew of guys, from Zach Wilson to Fields to Mac Jones to Trey Lance, they're all coming up. I think Trey Lance is at the end of the week. Of course, Middlecoff Mailbag at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Slide up in those DMs, and we will answer your uh, your question here on the show. Again, greatly appreciate everyone interacting. Okay, sometimes the uh, the podcast gods throw you a bone, and uh, I, I I can't wait for free agency to get here. I can't wait for tangible things to start happening. I'll be, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't hypothetical out. And I got thrown a bone. Breaking news, right as I'm recording the podcast. Dak Prescott, a.k.a. Dakota Prescott, has signed a long-term deal. 
Four years, $160 million. Here's the key. $126 million guaranteed. Schefter writes, the first three years average is $42 million. Jerry Jones once said, I've never had a problem paying a premium for a premium. And listen, I like Dak Prescott. I like everything he stands for. I like his game. I just don't view him as a $40 million quarterback. My first reaction is, it's kind of fucking nuts. I like franchise tagging him because it gave me wiggle room. Now I'm stuck with this guy as my quarterback. As we just saw, multiple contemporaries in Carson Wentz and in Jared Goff be in similar situations that both teams within a year or two of those deals being signed immediately wanted to pivot. It just happened in front of Jerry's eyes. Now, I I do understand he doesn't want to pay $37 million, the cap hit this season, but the cap hits are going to be huge when you factor in this type money. This is a lot of cash to give a guy. I have no problem giving Mahomes huge money. I have no problem giving Aaron Rodgers big money. I have no problem giving Tom Brady big money, even though he never takes it. Russell Wilson, no issue. I like Josh Allen a lot. I say it over and over and over again. Do it again. I would not extend Josh Allen this offseason. I say the same thing with Lamar. I am not extending Lamar Jackson this offseason. They have five-year contracts. They played three. Patrick Mahomes was an outlier of the outliers. I'm making those guys play at least one other. I need more information if I'm going to invest this type money. What did Jerry learn last year that he didn't know the year before? Nothing. He got hurt. Like, I think Dak Prescott's a good player. And you can compete with Dak Prescott. Is he a great player? No. Is he a bad player? Of course not. He's somewhere in the middle. Maybe, you know, top, I'd say between 15 and 10, which is fine, which you can win with, which I got no issue with if he's a $25 million player. He starts making 40. The salary cap's $180 million. And even next year, it might not go up that much higher. I don't love this. I, I just don't. Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, one thing I'm going to steal from them is tractors and trailers. And there is a small percentage of tractors in this league. Like I said, Brady, Mahomes, Russell, Rodgers. You might be able to cut it off there. Roethlisberger used to be, not anymore. The, the younger guys, I just don't know yet. Josh Allen did it one year. Can he do it too? Lamar can't win in the playoffs. It's like, wh- what is the rush to pay everybody? Now, they were in a tough spot with Dak, but I kept giving the, the, uh, the Cowboys credit for giving themselves wiggle room. One of the most powerful things you can have in business is the ability to pivot, to not be stuck. Like to not, you know, I, I saw it left and right in San Francisco. All these companies with these $100 million leases on these office buildings, they, they wanted out immediately once Corona hit. Some of them paid 50, I think Pinterest paid like $90 million to break their lease. Now, clearly you never could have expected Corona to hit and the world to change, but how often they think like, God, we should, should we have not leased it for 10 years, right? Because the more wiggle room, the more ability you have to hang a left, to hang a right, to just be flexible, the easier it is to get out of things that you wish you could. And you never wish you'd get away from Patrick Mahomes. 
You never wish you could get away from LeBron James. You never wish. I see it with Steph Curry. You don't want to get rid of Steph Curry. But I, I see so many other contracts in sports that the team immediately regrets. And to me, this kind of has that feel. It, it, it really does. Like, I, I just, I can't fathom giving a guy this much money who I don't think is a great player. I, I say this t- thing in the NBA all the time. Everyone gets a max contract now. Every single player. Whether you're Luka Doncic or De'Aaron Fox, they get the same contract. That doesn't mean they're equals. And there's a reason the Sacramento Kings never sniff the fucking playoffs. Because they keep giving these max contracts to non-max players. They're like less than 10 max players in the league. And then the next set of group, they need to be with one of the max guys to be worth their max contract. In football, we've seen it. There are only a small percentage of great quarterbacks. Maybe I'm missing out Deshaun Watson too. We'll see though. He was on a terrible team. I know he had a great year. They didn't win. You can tell me, you know, quarterback and win-loss stat, they they don't go hand in hand, but I I don't know. I don't necessarily believe that. Everywhere Brady goes, he kicks kicks ass. Rodgers wins every year. Mahomes dominates. I actually think win-loss, like if you're a good quarterback, you typically win. I'm I'm not even trying to take a shot at Deshaun, but my point is like, has... Do I, am I winning with Dak at $40 million a year? I don't know. I, I get Jerry's in a tight spot. He's older. You know, he doesn't have that much longer left in life. Maybe they took advantage of the situation a little bit. I, I just, that amount of money for Dak Prescott, I, I, I think it's pretty crazy. You know the big winners of this? I get, The NFC East stinks. But I, I just don't see how the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy's not any good. We saw it last year. Mike McCarthy just might not be a good coach. For all those years in Green Bay, you know who carried him? Ted Thompson and Aaron Rodgers. Because I saw Mike last year with the Cowboys roster. It was embarrassing. And I get it, Dak broke his ankle, but they, they weren't winning without it. Or when he was healthy. They were terrible. Listen, I, I, I'm happy the guy... I think it gets overrated. People are like, oh my God, security! <clears throat> Colin said he got $50 million off the field. He made $32 million. So alone, he's at $80 plus million. And he was going to get 30. He has more money than he ever know what to do with. Now he's really rich. I just, I, I, I can't, I, I can't get behind this move. I, I, I just, I, I can't. I, I think it's an overpay of overpays. You know, you, when you pay great, or when you pay a good player great money, it's when you get in t- tight spots. It happens over and over and over again. When you pay all-time great players elite money, you're always okay with it. Paying Aaron Donald huge money, paying Keenan Allen big money, paying Bosa's big money. Like When I pay elite players elite money, as long as they're healthy, obviously, they're fine. But when I pay good players, non-Pro Bowl players elite money, that's when I get in trouble. Because how many times a season am I going to get into a position where it's elite on elite. And can my guy be, because I'm paying him like the best player in the league, can he be the best player on the field against playoff level teams? Because every time I step on the field with Aaron Rodgers, with Russell Wilson, with Patrick Mahomes, obviously with Brady, I know for a fact they can. With Aaron Donald, with the great players, Dak Prescott just isn't that. God, Jerry. Crazy, man. One thing Jerry Jones just did by signing this contract was send ripple effects for other quarterbacks. 
And I've talked about Josh Allen, and I've talked about Lamar Jackson. Now, I, I've said over and over, I would wait to sign these contracts. But if I were those guys' representation, the way player contracts work is like the law. It's just based on precedent. It's like, well, this guy got that. I'm going to get this, right? When you sell a home in a neighborhood, if you're selling a home for five hundred grand, your next-door neighbor, give or take, has an idea what his house worth. He's not going to sell his home for $1.5 million. That's not the way it works, right? Most neighborhoods, most condos, most anywhere are kind of similar. You, you have comparables on your street, in your neighborhood. Well, it's the same way with quarterbacks, same way with players. The, the, the wide receiver market's kind of set. If you're a really good player, you go, well, Amari Cooper got $20 million. If I'm Keenan Allen, if I'm Devontae Adams, if I'm a guy like that and I want a new contract, I want more than $20 million because I go, I'm better than Amari Cooper. Said over and over, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, I'm waiting on. But if I was Lamar Jackson, I went, I want an MVP. You guys were losing. I came here. We started kicking ass. I'd be licking my lips. If I was his agent, I'd be like, Lamar, we're going to get so much money. It's stupid. Josh Allen right now. If they are thinking about signing you to a contract extension, the starting point is Dakota Prescott. And I've heard this before. It's been written. Other general managers... And other teams are often not happy with Jerry Jones because he signs these crazy deals. He gave Zeke, you know, a couple years ago, $15 million a year. It's already a disaster contract. Now he gives Dak Prescott $40 million? Imagine being the Bills or the Ravens right now. You're like, oh my God, Jerry. Why did you have to do that? It's an incredible feeling if you're a seller, right? If your neighbor, like I, my condo complex... If someone, if my next door neighbor sold their condo for a million dollars, I would do cartwheels down the street. Woo! I'd be screaming so loud, everyone could hear me. But if my neighbor sold his condo for 300 grand, I would be in tears. Right? That's exactly, this set ripple effects throughout the entire National Football League right now. Because the price is set for quarterbacks. Derek Carr. Rumors have been about the Raiders giving Derek Carr an extension. Derek Carr makes like $20 million. You can't convince me Dak's any better than Derek. Hell, they're probably about the same player. What do you think Derek and his representation are thinking? We are going to make so much money, it's stupid. It's going to be feeding season. And I, I just, I don't know, man. I, 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 you got to be very careful. Clear, I, I understand why these contracts happen, whether I agree with it or not. I get it. I understand what Jerry did. He, whether he thought he didn't have a choice, whether he thought this was the going market, whatever. I just know if I was in a seat or if I was a GM on another team, under no circumstances would I want to build my team around Dak at that price point. Because this is, this is not Major League Baseball. We have a salary cap. The impact of that, you know limits what I'm able to do around the guy. I just don't think they're going to be able to win. And I I think that it's, unless the cap fires back up, which people think it will eventually, uh, but it might take a couple years. You start paying a quarterback $40 million, even Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Like, it's one thing when they're on their rookie contract. It's another thing when they start making $35, $40 million, and it's not even arguable. That's just their number now. That's That's the number they're going to get. No one can, it's not even disputable. It was just, the number was, uh, Dak Prescott just set the tone for the future quarterbacks about to get paid. Pretty nuts, but that's where we are.
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Firestone. Test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most... 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, 
You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, let's talk a little bit about pro days. And, you know, what's crazy is when you're a college football player, you interview through the NFL with your game tape. You know, the famous line, the eye in the sky doesn't lie. That is truly your interview, right? How can you play in the league? Most of us, when we graduate college, we have a resume that's, for the most part, pretty shitty, right? We, we haven't done that many things. Maybe we had a job or two in college, but a lot of times, like, working at a bar, working at a pizza joint, maybe you interned in a summer at a financial institution or whatever, and that's going to lead to a bigger job. But I'd say, for the most part, that's very hit or miss, right? A lot of times you're interviewing for a job, they're not basing it off that much. Now, granted, they're not paying you that much. I would say most college graduates, you know, depending on what's going on in the world, right? I I graduated in 08, not a a great time to hit the workforce, but, you know, 60, 50, 70, whatever, $1,000. And they can get rid of you at any time. And a lot of people go into sales jobs, whatever. So they're not investing that much. Where in football... If you're a first or second round pick, I, I'm giving first round pick. I'm guaranteeing you four years. I'm paying you a lot of money, so I use your years of playing at USC, Texas, Ohio State, whatever. Every snap you've ever played, I have it on film. But obviously, like when I hire a college kid, I am hiring the person. So just because you're a great wide receiver, if you're a bad guy or questionable character, do I want to bring you into my operation? Where in the real world, it's, it's hard to really gauge that. Where in football, given I'm paying you so much money and I have so much information, your college coaches, your college counselors, your college teammates, I can find a lot about you as a person. And that is what, you know, as a college scout, you're, you're just acqu- trying to acquire all that information. I always thought pro days were a little overrated because typically you have the combine. And you had the entire year of coming through a program. So if you went into Oregon three or four times, or you went into Alabama multiple times or whatever, you gathered so much information. You, you talk to the players, you talk to the coaches. Then at the Combine and the All-Star Games, you do way more work. By the time the pro day got, gets there, it feels like I, I'm on information overload. I know everything. I feel very, very confident about the grade I have on the person, about the character write-up I have on the person. You can throw that out the window this year. Scouts were not allowed into universities this year. It was an NFL rule. And then the combine did not take place. So this year, the pro days, which historically, in my opinion, very overrated. Four guys that were, you know, kind of locked first and second round players. Unless there were some questions about character stuff or the personality or just as simple as, my coach and my general manager want to take Panay Sewell out to dinner the night before the pro day because I'm the Atlanta Falcons and I might draft him fourth. So I would take him out to dinner the night before. And right now, all that's out the window. I read a couple weeks back, Adam Peters, one of the executives for the 49ers, did like this Q&A with The Athletic. And one thing he said is that right now the rules, only three members of a staff are allowed to go to a pro day. It's why when the Trevor Lawrence pro day happened, it was Urban Meyer, the OC, and the quarterback coach. 
They couldn't take Trembalke. You couldn't take scouts. You're limited this year. It is very, very difficult. In, in the scouting community, as a general manager, I mean, as fans, you, you want your team to have as much information as possible because we already know this isn't exact science. You, you're, you're acquiring people that are 21, 22, 23 years old. The margin for error is high, even when guys are talented because you're dealing with real people. The people are the assets. These are not widgets. We're not acquiring a warehouse. We're not acquiring trucks. We're acquiring human beings that have problems and issues like we all do. And then the pressure that comes on with being a top 10, 15, 20 pick, hell, just saying you're a first rounder. The elephant in the room at every training camp is what does a first rounder look like? I don't care where you are. I've been with the Eagles when our first rounder was in the 20s. I've been at the Niners practice when the guys were in the 20s. I've also been when it's a top 10 pick. I've seen what does Khalil Mack's first practice look like? Damn, Khalil Mack looks pretty good. What does DeForest Buckner look like? Also, I've seen at the other end. What does A.J. Jenkins look like? What does Danny Watkins look like? I've seen him look terrible. But the number one thing you look for in training camp as a fan, as a scout, as me just who just bullshits now into a mic, when I go to these camps, it's, what does that first rounder look like? Fair or not. So the pressure this year on these pro days, given that the limited information you have, a huge reason why in football, why people are so big, even though how fast you run in a 40 is not going to make or break your career. Keenan Allen ran like a 4.78. He is not fast. Devontae Adams cannot run in the four fours. Those are like DeAndre Hopkins is not fast. Those are the three best wide receivers in the league. So it, it does not determine your success. But when you run, when you do the agility drills, when I get your information, I can compare you to, I don't know, every wide receiver the last 30 rounds or 30 years. Same with defensive linemen, same with offensive linemen, your height, your weight, your arm length. Like, the, I, I, we're playing football here. So the measurements, the speeds, like, I, I just like being able to put you up on a board and just relate, right? Because this is a, this is an economic exercise in what draft pick, what draft capital do I have to use to acquire a player? So I want to try to figure out what's this guy worth, what I think this guy can be. And I think this year is going to be very, very difficult, right? You, the scouts aren't going to feel as comfortable. The coaches aren't going to have the access to the players besides with Zoom. And as, listen, I've done a lot of Zooms. You can have very good interaction in Zoom. But I think we'd all admit there is something to human interaction. There is something to, I don't know, being with a guy for a day. They used to have these things in the NFL back before Corona called top 30 visits. You could bring in 30 players. This was after the combine, after the pro day, to your building for 24 hours. You take them to dinner. He could spend time with your coordinator. He could spend time with your general manager. If he was a first-round pick, he might spend time with your owner. I don't even I don't even know if that's taking place. It obviously didn't last year. I would imagine it probably won't this year. It's not worth the risk. It's just an easy one to say no. Because like we always say, the owners and definitely the league office, they don't worry about all this. When the draft happens, they'll do huge ratings and they'll make a lot of money. But the actual process that leads to acquiring these players is going to be very, very difficult. And like I said, been to a lot of pro days. Always thought they were kind of stupid. They're not stupid this year. They're, they're, they're very, very important. So the teams that are going to have the most success in the draft are going to 
you know, put a priority on these pro days on, and listen, it's not, it shouldn't make or break how good you're going to be in the NFL by how you work out in shorts and a t-shirt, but the information maybe you'll be able to require, maybe, you know, a, a position coach, because a lot of these times the, the, the college director, the scout is not going to attend the pro day with the top guys. It's going to be the coach. It's going to be the GM. It's going to be incumbent on them that not just talk to the head coach, Talk to the coordinator. Talk to a position coach. Talk to just people that are going to give you good information. Because that might be your only time this year to acquire that kind of raw and real in-person information. I, I do not, I am not jealous. I do not envy these guys in this position this year. It is very, beside the no-brainers, the Trevor Lawrences and the Jamar Chases, most guys are not no-brainers. The majority of prospects, and that includes the top 10 guys, let alone the rest of the round, have question marks, have holes in their resume that you're just trying to fill out. And I, I think it's never been harder to kind of fill and plug those holes with information than it will be this year. So you just you got to do as much work as possible and just kind of keep your fingers crossed. Okay, let's dive into something that's a little story from a guy named Chris Mortensen. I don't know, he's just probably... Him or Schefter, the most famous NFL reporter ever, uh, knows his stuff. This guy doesn't just throw things at a wall and hope they stick. He knows what's going on. And he tweeted a couple things today that stood out to me. Now, these are things that I had heard rumblings of and already thought, but he doubled down and made it public. He basically said that sources say the boss, Jeffrey Lurie, has instructed his group to prioritize making Jalen Hurts successful in 2021 as opposed to creating competition i.e. drafting a quarterback with their you know high first round pick Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie he went on to tweet this Jeffrey Lurie made it fairly clear after firing Doug Peterson he wanted the franchise to re-embrace a long-range philosophy that resulted in a Lombardi trophy Jalen Hurt showed promise energized the team in only four games Many owners share vision, especially when it comes to quarterback. Do you think the Carson Wentz, this is Morton's uh, tweets, do you think the Carson Wentz scenario unfolds without Lurie's input? Lurie wants staff to build around Hurts and see if he's the see if he's the guy. But other veteran quarterbacks can be added. There's been some opinions expressed that the Eagles should draft BYU Zach Wilson. As of now, that would mean offering major compensation to get in that second slot using the type of draft capital that is necessary to replenish the roster. So it's pretty clear. And I think an underrated attribute in the NFL that doesn't get talked about a lot, we always, the fans do it, I'm guilty too, our natural reaction is to crush a coach or a GM. That idiot? What? How did he take that guy? And we don't often factor in that there is a guy sitting right next to him that signs all their checks, who's worth billions of dollars in all these organizations, who who owns the team, and at any moment's notice can say, I want that guy. I want to do that. And listen, it's easy to go, if I was an owner, I would just hire the best guys and let them do stuff. Yet all of us, myself included, have sit on our couch and have ideas. Well, why would the guy who is in charge of the entire operation, who owns the team, who has all the money, not occasionally want to give his input. And I think it's pretty clear 
that last year, and like Mortensen kind of alludes to, under no circumstances would they have traded Carson Wentz without Jeffrey Lurie's blessing. I actually don't think it's even possible that Carson Wentz is traded without Jeffrey Lurie wanting him gone. I had someone in the Eagles a couple years ago tell me that Jeffrey Lurie viewed Carson Wentz as a son. Loved the guy. Clearly gave him the biggest contract in the history of the franchise, despite him being injured. So as much as Howie or Doug or any of those guys liked him, without Jeffrey being on board, it does not happen. Same with trading up to get him. Jeffrey had to be on board. Well, think about last year. The Carson situation, it started getting weird. The playoff game had happened, which was kind of freakish. He had the concussion, but it just it added to everyone the speculation of like, can this guy stay healthy? Even though for the first time, basically since his rookie year, he played all 16 games. And they draft a second-round quarterback. Do you think in a million years in the NFL, in 2020, you're drafting a quarterback in the second round without the owner not only giving his blessing, but being on board and actually wanting it to happen? To me, it was pretty clear. And you guys know, if you've listened to the show for a while, I'm not a Jalen Hurts guy. To me, he's a running back, or at least that's what I viewed him as coming out of college. I'll be the first to agree with anyone. He actually looked pretty good in moments in those four games that he played. Had some bad moments, had some good moments. Better than I thought. I still am not a believer. I would not do that. But here's the thing. I'm lucky enough to know people in pretty powerful positions in the league. And they will tell you the most powerful thing to own around draft time are second and third round picks. Why? Because those are the best bang for your buck. Because if you hit on a player in the second or third round, a DK Metcalf, uh, an A.J. Brown, a Fred Warner, Deshaun Jackson, LaShawn McCoy, I mean, a million players over the decades have come out of the second and third rounds. Do you know how cheap those guys are for, all, for all-star level players, all-pro level players, impact level starters for three and four years? I mean, you have them under contract for four years. You obviously can extend them after the third year. It's a very, very powerful thing to happen. And there is no better deal in sports than having a quarterback who starts for your team who's drafted after the first round because he's really cheap. So from an economic standpoint, it makes sense to see if this guy can play. Whether we think he's good or not, he's on their roster. They used a second-round pick on him. And, in fairness to the the player, showed some promise. Now, as Mortensen was tweeting, there is not, you know, unanimous decision inside the building that he's the guy. There couldn't be. He's too polarizing of a player. And just, there are just going to be people that don't believe in the guy. Right? I'm sure many people listening are like, God, I think it's pretty crazy that they're doing this. But they are. And I understand Jeffrey Lurie's point. Well, let's just see. Because he actually, if he is good, and I don't mean he's never going to be a top five player, but can he be a top 15 quarterback? Again, I'm not saying I believe he can. I would bet against that for sure. But if he's on your roster, you might as well check it out. And this is my issue with second round quarterbacks. My theory has been, I'm not doing it. Because the last decade, there's been like two that are good. Like Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo. Andy Dalton had some moments. Kaepernick had some moments. Obviously got blackballed or whatever, but... Before he did, he was not playing very well at all. They're just very hit or miss. 
And even Derek Carr's had up and downs. Jimmy Garoppolo's had up and downs. Andy Dalton's had up and downs. But the pressure that a second-round quarterback brings is like the, the pressure from the fans and the outside is like, oh, he's got to be the starter, franchise guy. You see it right now with Denver with Drew Locke. There's a lot of pressure on a second-round quarterback because it, it, they kind of have this elephant in the room like, they're, yeah, they're borderline a first-round quarterback. They should be your franchise guy or see if they can be a franchise guy even though there's a reason they fall the second round. But every once in a while, they do hit, right? A Russell Wilson, a Dak. I mean, those guys are third and fourth, but you get the point. But the great part about even drafting a guy in the third or fourth, there's not the same pressure as the second. So there is internal pressure, clearly from the owner. He's the boss. I don't blame him. If I owned an NFL team, do you think I was like, yeah, draft whoever you want? No, I'd be watching college football. I I would just... Hey, give me uh, the highlights of the top 50 guys in the draft. I'd check them out. We all would. If you love football, you own the team. It's easy to be an absentee owner. Those guys don't, I mean, there's too much money on the line right now. Now you can say, you know, John, you got to hire the best guys and let them cook. Yeah, in theory, that's easy to say. And then you start having the biggest office in the building and you realize your name's at the bottom of the check. You're like, you know, I think I know football. Because, like, it's this isn't rocket science. You can learn and figure it out. I'm not saying he's right. I think he's wrong on this. But I get where he's coming from. I understand, like, let's just see if this guy can play. Because he's here. You know, all the, you know, is he good enough? Well, let's find out. Because we have him on a cheap deal, and maybe in a couple years we can build this team because we don't have to spend that much on the quarterback. We just had a high-priced guy who wasn't playing that well, and it screwed us. Now we have a guy who we don't know if he's good, but he's cheap. Now, where it could bite them in the ass is if they do pass on a quarterback and take a skill guy, take an offensive lineman, do whatever with the sixth overall pick, and a guy they pass on, or let's say they do a trade, like trade with the Niners, and the Niners come up and get Justin Fields, and that guy goes on to be a really good player, and Jalen Hurts does not, it's hard to shake that. At least it's out there now, though. This is on the owner, right? Like Carson Wentz, when he gets traded to the Colts, If Carson Wentz is unreal, the Eagles are going to get crushed. Philadelphia is going to be pissed. Fair or not, that's just the reality of the situation. But back to what I said, there is no chance Carson Wentz is traded without the owner wanting him gone. And I think a lot of times what owners are smart about is like, yeah, you know, I pay my general manager three or four million dollars. He takes all the heat. My fans just talk about him being a village idiot when things go wrong. And I don't take that much heat, even though I think in a lot of these organizations, these owners are way more hands-on than you can even fathom. But it's not going to, like, these teams are not going to leak unless it's Dan Snyder and everyone hates them, how much their owner meddles. And when I say meddle, I just mean, like, you have a board and maybe the owner says, what about this? What's well, hard to just kind of be like, no, Mr. Whoever, that's stupid. Are you going to say that to the guy who's paying you millions? It's a tough spot to be in. It, it, it really is. And football, you know, if you're around it long enough, and a lot of these owners now have been in the league 20, 30 years, you're going to think you know. You watch all these games, you're around your team, you know what works, you know what doesn't. You're going to have, whether it's a false sense or just a sense that you know probably more than you actually do, and you can get yourself in trouble. But I understand from an economic standpoint why Jeffrey Lurie would want to do this. Now, I understand maybe Jeffrey thought, like, let's see if Carson could handle the competition. Clearly, he couldn't. 
So, and then he fell apart and they shipped him out. But I, I, I think regardless what happens this year with the Eagles, Howie and the coach are going to get destroyed. I, I think it's pretty clear that the owner right now is kind of pulling a lot of the strings. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, 
and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Let's do a little rapid fire college quarterback talk. I'm just going to go through the guys and just some things that I'm hearing negatively or positively about the player. Obviously, the guy who's going to go number one overall, it's set in stone. He's been the number one overall pick for several years, Trevor Lawrence. I don't think it it wastes that much time us even talking about the guy. Now, I, I've been on record. I think he's a little overhyped in the sense of he's being compared to John Elway and Andrew Luck and like Peyton Manning. The chances that he lives up to that to me seems pretty slim. People forget Andrew Luck was the number one pick in the draft the next year his team made the playoffs as a wild card. For three straight years, they made the playoffs and every year they got farther in the playoff rounds. Like that happened. Is that going to, is Trevor Lawrence have that in the bag? I get it. He's really physically gifted. He's a great athlete. He's got a good arm. He's accurate. Everyone views him, it feels like, on the outside. And people I know in the league is like, I can't miss prospect. He's going to go number one overall, and then we'll judge. Because you know what can't miss prospects do? They dominate. They're historically great players. We'll see. The pressure is on him. He, it, the pressure on Trevor Lawrence is immense. The only reason there's not that much pressure is because we don't really pay attention to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Urban Meyer brings more pressure, but let's face it, they're a little bit of an under-the-radar team. Zach Wilson, who I saw Chris Sims, had as his number one quarterback in this draft class, ahead of Trevor Lawrence. And I've seen some people that cover the draft and talk to different teams say that they've talked to teams that have Zach Wilson ahead of Trevor Lawrence. I don't know any of those teams, uh, but I, I don't believe I, I do think there's a chance that exists. I also think it's easy for a team drafting in the 20s, a team that's never going to touch them, to do that. It doesn't really matter. The number one knock I've heard from people that have evaluated Zach Wilson, and I watched a lot of Zach Wilson this year, and I I think I've talked about it on the show before, he weighs 200 pounds. 200 pounds. Smallest quarterback in the league is like Kyler Murray, who weighs 210 pounds, and is like a block of muscle who's 5'8". Zach Wilson isn't very big. Also, his level of competition, he had one great year. Check BYU schedule. Pretty crappy. Now, he made some remarkable plays. If you watched him play, it was awesome. He's making sidearm throws. He's scrambling around. He's throwing dimes. His highlight package this year was fantastic. He has excellent tape against lower-level competition. That's not arguable. Not his fault because BYU was scheduled to play a bunch of Pac-12 teams. Their schedule typically is loaded. But because of corona, the Pac-12 didn't play any conference or non-conference games. They had to schedule all these crappy teams, and he kicked their ass, and he was awesome. But I do think his size, you know, some people question it. They don't even question it. They just, they're not comfortable with it. There were also some questions about his maturity the first two years. I think this year, when he played well, people liked him a lot. And he, he, he did a good job in the program as a leader. But the first two years, there were question marks there that exist. And the scouting community... And the GMs and the coach just have to ask themselves, and and when they deal with him, is he a new guy? Is he more mature moving forward? That's kind of the elephant in the room with him. Justin Fields. The upside is through the roof, right? He is 6'3 and a half. 
He can run. He's got a huge arm. We saw some of those throws he made in the playoff game. The thing I like about the guy the most is that when the season, when the media was trying to end the season, like, no, Big Ten, they're they're doing the great thing, them in the Pac-12, the SEC is putting their players in harm's way, Justin Fields was the most outspoken player that said, fuck this, I want to play. The media, they don't get to dictate whether I play or not. I want to play. I was like, I like this kid. I hadn't really watched him play that much. I immediately became a fan. Because everyone's like, oh, just cancel the season. He's like, screw that. That's your problem. I want to play. So do all my teammates and all my coaches. And they did. And he was a little hit or miss. And I know Mel Kuyper talked about it. He went on this long rant that a lot of people say that he doesn't anticipate that well. I look at Justin Fields a lot like Josh Allen and a lot like Justin Herbert. There is a reason. So it's like, you know, he doesn't see some things. He doesn't anticipate these throws well. What am I paying my head coach $10 million for? What am I paying my offensive coordinator $1.5 million for? What am I paying my quarterback coach eight hundred k for? That is the price of what guys make in the league now. I'm paying all these coaches all this money. Coach this guy up. Because I saw it with Josh Allen. I saw it last year with Justin Herbert. Is once they got in the league, their physical skills translated. And here's what I know about Justin Fields. His physical skills translate. Does he need some work? Of course he does. That is why we're paying all these coaches all this money. Coach these guys up. Once upon a time, Andy Reid and Brett Veach, they looked at Patrick Mahomes and they go, we can work with this. Sean McDermott said, we want that in Josh Allen. You got to have you got to have a little bit of a vision, right? We're not talking about a 30-year-old free agent. This is not a finished product. You're talking about a 21, 22-year-old, super high character, a guy that refused to not play, even when the mainstream media desperately wanted to cancel the season. He basically gave him double middle fingers. The own presidents of the university had tapped out. He refused. I, I can't have any more admiration for the guy in his mindset. And then he was kind of hit or miss during the season. It was tough, right? Big Ten's good. That game that he had in the playoffs was awesome. And then the, the national championship wasn't that great. Played Alabama. But you can't tell me there's not a lot to work with there. But he is a project feels strong, but he's closer to a project than a finished product. Mac Jones. My philosophy is pretty is I was a big pocket quarterback like any human being over the last couple decades, right? It's what you wanted. I wanted a Tom Brady. I wanted an Eli Manning, a Peyton Manning, a Phillip Rivers. Those were the type quarterbacks winning in the league. Then the game changed. The offensive linemen coming into the NFL were not the same. The defensive linemen, I heard Greg Olson tell Colin Coward this. He said the biggest difference now in the NFL is when I first came in the league in like 07, 08, every team had like one sweet defensive lineman, right? You'd play... The Giants, they had Michael Strahan. You'd play the Patriots, they had Richard Seymour. You'd play whoever, they had one sweet player. He's like, the last three or four years, most teams have several guys. The defensive linemen have come into the league at a faster pace than the offensive linemen. It's basic supply and demand. So these quarterbacks now, why athleticism is important, because I can't block these defensive linemen. So I need athletic quarterbacks. Because the offensive linemen, like 10, 15, 20 years ago, there were better offensive linemen consistently coming in the league than sweet defensive linemen. That is not the case anymore. So I am a big believer I need my quarterback to be athletic. Now, as you see, Tom Brady still plays at a really high level. I would say he's a little bit of an outlier. The knock on Mac Jones is he can't really move. He is not an athlete. Definitely compared to the Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance. He can't hold their jock in terms of moving around. That's not his deal. 
his play is really Matt Ryan. Now, I like Mac Jones. I'd say most people that watched him play had to come away thinking he's pretty good. Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, they keep saying, this guy's better than Tua. My issue with him, and the NFL's issue with him, is is he is he a stiff? And am I going to get into a position like Jared Goff? Jared Goff can't move. So when your offensive line's not good, he's a sitting duck. And then he doesn't have a great arm. And part of playing Alabama, I think the question is, he was on an all-star team. Will that translate? I don't know. I think that's what everyone's trying to ask themselves. Is he just a great player, or is he a product of the greatness around him? I don't have the answer. I, I would lean, I'm just out on guys that can't move in 2021. Maybe things are cyclical and things come back, but right now, I don't know if I could pull the trigger on a guy who's just, who can't keep plays alive with his legs. I just, that's not the way the league's going. Trey Lance, obviously only started one season. They played a game this year, I'm not even counting it. It's not even fair to. His one season, he was awesome. I don't think he threw a pick. The knock that I've heard from people who have studied him really closely, he's got a hitchy release. Right, Part of being a quarterback and a good quarterback prospect, one of the number one things we talk about in a draft meeting is how fast does he get rid of the ball? Like the cream of the crop is like Dan Marino, who gets rid of the ball instantly. Aaron Rodgers, right? They have a flick of the wrist, it's gone. Zach Wilson actually has a very, very quick release. Guys in the NFL, like, you know, Derek Carr can get rid of the ball fast. Uh, obviously, Tom can. Like, I, I need you to get the ball in and out of your hand quickly. We're talking milliseconds to determine first downs, touchdowns, or punts. That's that's the margin for error in the league. And I watched some highlights of him. It, it does look a little hitchy. Now, again, back to what I said about Justin Fields is, I pay my coaches all this money. What I'm asking them is, can we coach this out of them? Or is a, and I, I've never played quarterback besides just throwing a ball in a yard. So if you're a quarterback listening, obviously we've watched a lot of quarterbacks. I'd argue muscle memory is hard to change. Like your muscle memory with an arm throwing the ball, I think it works in golf with your golf swing. When pressure's on, you typically resort back to that. It was the knock. I'm not saying, I'm not comparing Trey Lance to Tim Tebow. He's a better prospect. Remember, the big knock on Tebow, besides his arm strength wasn't great was his loopy release. And it's like, we can coach that out of him. And the simple reality is, you can't. Because under pressure, which most NFL snaps are, you resort back, your muscle memory just does what it naturally is used to doing. And it goes back to the loopy release. So that to me is a question mark that is just kind of unanswered. Because he hasn't really played that much, and he's coming from a really small school. So there are questions like, I don't think there are really question marks on Trevor Lawrence. My only question is, is he overhyped? But it's, it's irrelevant. He's going to go number one overall. The next crew of guys, like, I think if you went to 10 different NFL buildings, you'd probably have different rankings in all of them. There's probably 10 different rankings all over the league on these quarterbacks. One team has Mac Jones second. One team has Trey Lance second. One team has Zach Wilson fourth. One team has what? It's going to be in the eye of the beholder. And the eye of what I can do for this player. What we can project him to do under our coaching. Because that's how you have to think about all these guys. They're all work in progress. Beside quote-unquote Trevor Lawrence. Right? They're all going to be guys that are going to need development. And as we know, like in the modern day NFL, there is no going Carson Palmer sitting for a year. Even Mahomes. Like typically, you get drafted high in the first round. You're playing. You're, You're a starter immediately. Day one. And uh, it's just going to, some of these quarterbacks are going to bust. More than likely, of the five of them, 
And I, Kellen Mond, he's a name that's out there. Kind of feels like a late riser. I don't really have that much information. I'm going to have to do a little more work on him. But of Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Jones, Lance, I'd say the likelihood out of the five of them, one of, you know, maybe two of them are Pro Bowl level players. Probably just based on the stats, three of them are going to be, one of them is going to be an epic failure. Two of them are going to be average at best. You know, like Trubisky types. Just the way the NFL works. And that's the cool part about the draft is leading into it and then even leading into when they start first play, it's all optimism. It's all what could be. And then we start getting tangible information. Can he do stuff? Can he not do stuff? And really, you don't learn for a couple years what his true limitations are, right? It's a fun part about talking quarterbacks. Okay, Middlecoff Mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram handle. Fire up in those DMs, as my guy Michael just did. And because as I opened my DMs, his DM popped up, I'm going to read him first. What the hell did Jerry win in that negotiation? Dak got the short deal, $40 million a year, massive guarantees. What was Jerry going for? I don't see a single thing Jerry got that he wanted, except that Dak is a cowboy and he doesn't have to uh, see his once girlfriend happy with another dude. I like the analogy. It's a hell of a question. That's a player-only win. I, unless Dak Prescott becomes an MVP-level player, uh, I just I don't see it. So that's a huge win for Dak and his representation. You know, the media kept telling me, it's like, oh, you know, he doesn't have any money. I feel so bad for him. Well, he just made $30-plus million last year. Like, he, he, Dak's not poor, and now he's really rich. And I got no problem with the guy getting money. I just, w- when you're talking from a team-building standpoint, you got to be careful about giving the wrong contract to the wrong guy. Now, I think he's the right guy as a person. I just question his football ability. Like, is he ever going to be a top-five quarterback in the NFL? Because if he's not, then you're in trouble when you're paying him this type of money. Justin Fields or Zach Wilson? I'm seeing a lot of people pick Wilson over Fields, which I find interesting Consider Fields' outstanding body of work against better competition. Yeah, I mean, I'm going Justin Fields. To me, Justin Fields is my second favorite quarterback in this class because I'm looking at him like a project with the highest upside. And if he can get to a coach that knows what he's doing, Right, a little. I'm not comparing him to Mahomes. I don't think Justin Fields, can, but if Justin Fields can get to a Kyle Shanahan, can get to a, you know, a Sean Payton, I think the upside is through the roof. I, I really do, and I just I'm not into smaller players. I like my guy. I like I like big thoroughbreds. I like my guys to look like Josh Allen. I like my guys to look like Justin Herbert. I like my guys to walk through the room and look like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. It's a big boy league because you got big boys chasing after you. I like my guys to be big. It's, it's my issue with Kyler Murray. I like Kyler Murray. I think it's, his physical skill set is fantastic. I just don't want my quarterback to be 5'8". You know? What do you think about this three-team trade? 49ers get Derek Carr. The Patriots get Jimmy Garoppolo. The Raiders get the 49ers 2021 first-round pick. The Patriots 2021 first-round pick. So that's pick 13 and pick, or pick 12 and 15. Hear me out. D.C. would thrive under Kyle Shanahan so the 49ers can justify sending a first-round pick for him. And I don't get the impression that Kyle wants to be bothered with a rookie quarterback. A first-rounder is probably a massive overpay for Jimmy Garoppolo, but if there's any team that thinks he's good, it's the Patriots. Bill always dreamed of Jimmy as his quarterback, too. Agreed. Thought he was a Steve Young. And he's desperate to win. Agreed. So drafting a rookie quarterback doesn't seem ideal for New England. 
That would also give the Raiders three picks in this year's first round. They could package all three picks along with next year's first round pick to land either Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. Just curious to get your opinion on that. Well, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is worth a first round pick even with the Patriots being desperate. Because the Patriots traded Jimmy Garoppolo to the Niners when he was a better unknown for a second. And I'd say his stock is lower. But I think you're kind of on to something. I think that Russell Wilson by far makes the most sense with the Raiders. I don't think he makes sense anywhere else. Obviously, the Cowboys now are not an option. Peter King wrote the Bears don't have a snowball's chance in hell, and neither do the Saints. To me, if Russell Wilson's going to stick to that list, his only option is the Raiders. But I don't see why the Raiders would even do a deal with a three-way deal. Why wouldn't they just do a deal straight up with Seattle? Because if I'm Seattle and I want Russell, if I want to trade Russell Wilson to the Raiders, I want Derek Carr back. If I'm Seattle, here's the thing with Seattle, and I think there's a decent chance Russell gets traded. You cannot trade. It's not one of those things like you know, broke up with my girlfriend. I'm just, I'm just gonna hit the open market, see what happens. That happens a lot, right? Or vice versa. Girlfriend dumps you. She just needs some time. Hit the open market. You don't do that with a quarterback. You don't just like, oh, we'll get rid of Russell Wilson, best player in the history of the franchise, Hall of Famer. We'll just figure it out. That's not going to happen. To me, if I'm Seattle, I want Derek Carr. I would take, but I I mean, I think he would be good with Kyle. What would the Browns realistically get for Beckham Jr.? I think for OBJ with his contract, probably get like a third rounder. He's coming off an ACL. He hasn't been that productive, even though he did show signs of greatness last year. Uh, Najoku, pretty sure he's in the last year of his contract, is a pretty talented guy. Feels like they've been trying to trade him for years. I got a red flag on that guy. Uh, I, I think all these guys go for second or third round picks. I, if I personally, I used to love Odell Beckham Jr. Coming off an ACL, I, I'd probably be willing to trade like a fourth round pick. A little like Randy Moss at the Raiders. Now maybe I get a bounce back year or two from him, but I, I'd be, I'd be pretty leery right now. And what are your best sites for mock drafts? Uh, that's a great question. I, I, I don't really. I mean, Twitter. <laughs> I just. I get them forwarded to me. I'm not a huge mock draft guy. Kind of sounds crazy, but just people forward me mock NFL.com, Lance Sterling, Daniel Jeremiah are probably the mock drafts I look at. Mel Kuypers. Looking for your opinion on my Cowboys. If one of the quarterbacks is available in the draft, most likely Mac Jones, and it looks like Dak is going to be another franchise tag, so obviously this is an older question. I like Dak, but not at 40-plus million. Is Mac Jones a decent prospect or the product of playing an Alabama team with all-time receiving group? Well, Dak Prescott is your quarterback, $40 million, and you don't have to worry about Mac Jones. One thing with the Cowboys is, you know, they do have the opportunity at pick 10 to get a really, really good player. I would probably draft an offensive lineman. You know, they have a lot invested in that offense now. Dak's making huge cash. Zeke makes huge cash. Amari makes huge cash. CeeDee Lamb is a you know top seven he was a 17th pick in the draft so he makes good money obviously some of those offensive linemen who are breaking down have made huge cash in the past they've invested a lot of money question for you on Bud Dupree it was obvious to me in 2020 the turning point in the Steelers season was losing Bud I would agree do you see a strong market for him coming off a major injury like an ACL and two do you think paying two top pass rushers makes sense in the modern NFL thinking about San Francisco moving on from Buckner after paying him Interested to hear your thoughts. I think it's really difficult. I think the best time to have the two pass rushers is when one of the guys is under a rookie contract. 
and they had Bosa, they had Armstead, they had Buckner, and they paid for D Ford. Well, eventually Armstead and Buckner needed to get paid. Bosa was still on the rookie contract, and D Ford was already paid. You couldn't keep them all. You know, to me, the move if you're the Steelers is probably a franchise trade and uh, and get a pick, franchise them and trade them. You know, maybe get a second round pick for them. It's to do that because you can't pay T.J. Watt. You're gonna have to pay Minka Fitzpatrick. You're gonna need offensive help. You're gonna need a new quarterback. Like I love defensive linemen, and they're the most important thing in the league, probably beside quarterbacks. But you can't have multiple defensive linemen if you know making twenty five million dollars, twenty twenty five million dollars. I'm not saying Bud Dupree's worth twenty five million dollars, but T.J. Watt's gonna be. T.J. Watt's gonna make more than Khalil Mack, and Bud Dupree is gonna make a ton. So I, I think the move is you just have to get value for Bud Dupree. Whether that's I think it's franchise and trade. That would be my move. Probably a little complicated, right, with the with the ACL, but it's just it is what it is. I was looking for some advice. I know you have work for Fresno State and the Eagles. I have a potential opportunity working in scouting personnel operation department with a professional sports team. I was wondering why you left and if you liked working in those professions. Well, when Chip came in, I got I didn't my contract wasn't renewed, and I I had done the West Coast, so I had moved back to my home area, and I was living in the Bay Area, and I just didn't want to move again, you know. And I I didn't really some opportunities I I hoped didn't really present himself. There were a couple potential opportunities. One was like moving to the Southwest, like scouting like Arkansas and Louisiana, and that just I don't know it didn't do it for me. I wanted to try other things. Now, if someone would have offered me a job in scouting and I had only known the people, like my network wasn't very big. You know, I was I had worked in with the Eagles 25, 26, and 27. So all of a sudden in 2000, whatever, 13 or 14, I just, I need to get a job. I only knew the people that were with the Eagles. And I tried and it just didn't present itself. So I just said, screw it. Like I don't, I'll just do something else. And then within a year, I had a radio show in San Francisco. So I just moved you know, just my mindset. And I just, I've always been open-minded to doing other things. I, as if you listen to this, you know, I like business and things just changed. And I just went down a different career path. I say it all the time. Like I really like football. I, do I love football? Probably not as much as many of the people I worked with. So I was, I had got my cup of Joe in the league. It had been a great experience. I've met a lot of people that are really good at their jobs, lucky enough to know head coaches and GMs and you know, I got to work for arguably the second best coach in the league in Andy Reid. And still he's still a friend to this day. And you know, it's just I, I was lucky. And I've I've never looked back. <laughs> you know. Uh I am I'm, I'm I was a good scout, but I'm a better at doing this. So I, I don't really it was fun. When you're living in it, I mean there are challenges. It's a it's a lot harder than what I do now. Someone asked me the other day, like, how much harder is it? I was like, well, a lot harder. You just, you know, I was driving city to city. You're just up writing reports, watching tape. It's just, it's a grind. It is a, it is a hard job. Now it's not like digging ditches, but it's, it's very, very time consuming. Long hours, long days. It, it was just, I I wanted a different lifestyle and I, I work a lot now, but I work for me. You know, I like owning my revenue. I just, there were other interests in my life and uh, other opportunities opened and I just wasn't afraid to kind of hang a left. But I would recommend anyone that aspires to do it, if you get your chance, do it. It, it changed my life forever, working in the NFL, clearly. Uh, it's the best thing I ever did. 
in terms of for my career where it's at now. But it's something I, I don't like. I don't miss it at all. <laughs> at all. I, I enjoy doing this infinitely more. Infinitely. But I, I have friends in the league that love it. And it's just like anything when you when you're in you know immersed in something, and you you get good at it, right? If you have an eye for it, you feel comfortable and confident in what you're doing. You, you always want to do two, to me two things are key to your job. You obviously really want to like your job. You're going to spend way more time in your job than you are with your family, than you are basically besides sleep, right? So you better like your job. And it's easier to like your job when you're good at it. Because if you're good at your job, more than likely you're going to have success in your job. You're going to be more financially rewarded with time. So you just got to follow your passion and it'll it'll take you. I'm a big believer in things, just opportunities and things happen for a reason. And sometimes at the time, like when I was fired from the NFL, I was pretty devastated. Because I'm in my late 20s and it, it, it kind of like threw me on my ass. But it also inspired me to do more and to do to bounce back, and um, so yeah, just, just follow your passion. I, I'm a, I'm a big believer. It sounds cheesy. So many people say it. It's so true, because then you don't feel like you're working. Like I I worked on the ranch for my dad when I was in high school, and even coming back for college, I worked construction. Shit was fucking hard. I've changed displays in 115 degree weather in Sacramento. That's tough work. If you find what you like, you don't really feel like it's that hard, even when stuff is hard. And it's just the na- the natural part of life is going to be stressful. It's going to be difficult. But if, if you do like what you do, I, I, I'm a big believer, and I, I've only been really in the pro- working profession for a little over a decade. Life is a lot easier because you can spend a lot of time at work and you, you don't feel like you're, you know, the labor is that intensive when you like what you do. You all of a sudden, like, damn, it's. Seven o'clock at night. I'm recording a podcast for Colin Coward. I'm not exactly digging ditches here. Uh, so if you, if you're passionate about doing it, do it. And if you don't like it a year in, two years, you can always do something else. You know the best part about America? No one forces you to do anything. You can do whatever job you want to do. Now there are give and takes. You might have to take less money to work in a certain profession. You might you could stay at a job that you don't like and make more. We all have decisions and choices to make, but no one forces your hand. No one does. You, you can choose any profession. You can do whatever you want, especially now with the internet. Sky's the limit. So if you're passionate, you want to work in a pro team, you want to work in a scouting department, I couldn't recommend it enough. And then, like anything, you're going to have complaints. That's life. But if you're passionate about it, I, I, I would recommend trying it out and then seeing where it goes. Appreciate everyone listening. Godspeed. Have a great week. And enjoy the chaos. Later. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency and consistency scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality visit lazarusnaturals.com today lazarus naturals committed to improving your life as well as the world around you not available in idaho iowa or south dakota Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 